Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Sanders Facts, what is happening, y'all? Welcome into the latest edition of the Sanders Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are on episode 37 of the Sanders Facts podcast here on Wednesday, October 13th. Thank you all for joining us this week. We got a big podcast, a lot of stuff to talk about. But remember, if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you want to support the Xander's Facts podcast because Xander's Facts needs your support, then remember, click that follow button, click that download button, click that rate button, review button, all those little buttons you got on there, and then go on all your social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. Well, maybe not Facebook because they're kind of evil or Instagram, but Xander's Facts, Xander with a Z. And then, most importantly, remember, tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. Xander's Facts Podcast, spreading the facts, is what we call it around here. Tell all your friends that Xander's got all the facts for the NBA season, because that's what we're talking about this week. We'll get to that in a second. But also, if you haven't listened to any of our past episodes, you might want to go do that, because last week, you all got mad at me and said, Xander, you're crazy. You're talking politics. We're not doing any politics this week. We're doing all sports ugh we're leaving politics in the rearview mirror for now and also sports Xander's facts podcast the new linktree website if you don't know what linktree is i discussed it a few episodes ago so go back and listen but click the linktree link that's where all the Xander's facts links for all the supporting of the podcast that you need it's on there click it on the episode's description so as i said It's a sports week on the Xander's Facts Podcast. And next week's going to be a sports week, too, because we are talking basketball. Uh Uh-oh. Basketball? What are you talking about? It's football season. It's October. Well, the NBA is starting up in a week, in less than a week, on Tuesday of next week. So less than seven days from when this podcast comes out, the NBA season is beginning. So, of course... We had to bring on someone who is quite knowledgeable in the sport of basketball, and in particular, the League of the National Basketball Association. So who are we going to bring on? Well, how about the world-renowned Xander's Facts' own NBA analyst, Hillbilly, of course. Hillbilly is coming on the podcast. And in fact, Hillbilly had so much to say, because he's built all of it up over the offseason, and so much to say. That we split it up into two parts. Our NBA season preview for the 2021-2022 NBA season. So this week we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference and the 15 teams of the Eastern Conference. Next week we're going to talk about the Western Conference. And next week we're going to have our season predictions for who's going to win the two conferences and who's going to win the NBA Finals. You won't want to miss it next week. But you also won't want to miss it this week. So here we go. We've got Hillbilly. And I have to say, before we start, we did this last night on Zoom, which means a couple things. The audio wasn't that great. So bear with us here because it was, I don't know why it sounded weird, but it did sound weird. So that's not good. And also we recorded it during the Monday night football game and some NFL news happened. So then we discussed that at the end. So you'll hear that. So without further ado, NBA season preview 2021-2022 NBA season. Hillbilly is here to preview it right now as the Xander's Facts podcast continues. 
Xander's Facts. Welcome back to Xander's Facts Podcast. I am here with the world-renowned Xander's Facts NBA analyst. Hillbilly is back on the podcast. Hillbilly, how are you? I'm fantastic. I bet you are because the NBA is about to start a week (laughs) from where we are right now. We've got Tuesday, October 19th, next week is when the NBA season tips off, and Hillbilly is here to preview it with us. We're going to talk about all 30 teams, and, of course, we're going to get you our season predictions. So let's start in the Eastern Conference because last season the champion came from the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks won. They swept the Heat in the first round. They beat the Nets in seven games, I believe, in the second round. They beat the Hawks in the conference finals, and they beat the Suns in the finals for their first championship since 1971. But the East is open again. There's a bunch of good teams, but there's a lot of questions for a bunch of teams at the top too. So let's start. We're going to do both conferences, but we're going to start with the East. So we're going to go in reverse order of what the standings were last season. So last season, the worst team in the East were the Detroit Pistons. They went 20 and 52. Of course, they missed the playoffs, but Hillbilly, They got the first pick of the draft, and they picked Cade Cunningham. So what are you thinking about this Pistons team this year? Well, I think they're going to do a good example of a team that's not going to be very good. But if you have NBA League Pass, you are going to watch them every once in a while because everyone's got to be curious to see just how good Cade Cade Cunningham is. You know, those, those first several draft picks this year were all supposed to be so good. You know, it was supposed to be just a real like four or five franchise-level players. And even with them being that good, Cade Cunningham was pretty much the clear number one. You know, I think there was a little bit of talk Mm -hmm. about Jalen Green, but not really. I mean, I think it was pretty much understood that it was going to be Cade Cunningham. So if he is that much better than those guys and they were supposed to be great, it's, it's interesting to see. And Detroit does have some good pieces on their team. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Probably won't finish last in the East. I'll say that, though, because we've got other teams like the Magic. Sick burn! Who finished one spot above the Pistons. They won one more game last year. They got Jalen Suggs with the fifth pick. I don't know. Can they put it together, Hillbilly? They've got some nice pieces, but I don't know. I'll post that question I, to you. I guess it depends on what they're trying to put together. If, if they're trying to put together a playoff team, though they can't. They're not, I don't think they're going to be very good. They didn't add very much. We'll see about Jalen Suggs. He hit that shot in the final four, though. So for He Gonzaga. did, but, you know, I think that the, the Toronto Raptors passed on Jalen Suggs, mm. and their general manager is about the best talent scout out there. Yeah. I mean, he's just incredible how, how consistently he makes the right picks in drafts. And for some reason, he chose to go in a completely different direction than everybody thought of, with Jalen Suggs. So it, it'll be interesting to see how good he is. Yeah, we'll get to the Raptor or the Raptors in a second. But the Cavaliers finished in 13th. The Cavaliers have some nice pieces, too. They've got Darius Garland, Colin Sexton in the backcourt, and they add Evan Mobley with the third pick. So I'm kind of intrigued with this Cavs team, Hillbilly. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. And Mobley's kind of killing it in the summer league. He looks every bit of it like he is a really tall, super mobile guy with a terrific handle that can just kind of do everything out there. He, he could be really exciting. So, yeah, I, 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 I think they're still going to have trouble with 
defensively. Anytime you start two small guards out there, like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, you have defensive problems. You know, Evan Mobley is going to get a lot of minutes, and even the best rookie in first, even second year, big men have trouble defensively in the NBA. They just always, always do. So that team could be a real defensive mess, but they could also put up 150 points a game. And then we were talking about the Raptors. So they, that fourth pick, they took Scotty Barnes out of Florida State, but they lost one of their best players, Kyle Lowry. He went over to Miami. They got Goran Dragic, but they returned to Canada after they played all last season in Florida. So what are you thinking about the Raptors here who finished 12th in the East last year? Well, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to see the Raptors lose possibly the favorite Raptor of all time in Kyle Lowry. You know, he's he is probably if they pulled the fans, he's probably their their favorite and has done so much for him and it's going to be interesting to see a team lose that massive of a player yeah, the impact of them was so massive and still get much, much better because they are going to be so much better than they were last year. I mean, can you imagine like you had every single game as a road game? Man, that was rough. And that's what they had last year. They never got to go home. They had to live in hotel rooms for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was, the fact that they won 27 games like that is amazing. So I think they're definitely going to be better. They've got way too much talent on there. They picked up some good pieces. Goran Dragic is a really good guard. He is not Kyle Lowry, but he is really good. Precious Achua is a guy that I know the Heat did not want to give up. That was not just a throw-in. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's a very important player for them. And Scotty Barnes is a person that their, their general manager picked instead of Jalen Suggs, like everybody thought was going to happen. And so we'll see if he really is like that great. And if he is, and he had a steal there, the Raptors could be really good again, really quick. How about that? We'll see. And now 11th in the East, the Bulls, another team. I'm kind of like, they made some interesting pieces. They got Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and DeMar DeRozan in the off season. So they made some notable moves, but. How far do you think they could go in the East, Obilly, the Chicago Bulls? Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because we thought they would take a big jump last year because they also made a bunch of additions last year. And they didn't. They didn't really get much better at all. So it's going to be kind of interesting. They've, they've really doubled down on it, though, and they've brought in some really good players. I mean, Lonzo Balls has turned himself into a really good point guard. You know, he shoots the three well. He's very good defensively. Great team-minded mentality. He's a really good guard. And DeMar DeRozan is still a guy that can go up and get you a bucket, you know, when you need it. When, you're, when your half-court offense breaks down and you need somebody to just go get a bucket, he, he can definitely still do that. So it, I think that the Bulls are – I think this is the year they, they, they kind of put it together. I think the idea of having Zach Levine – with Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic, you've just got four guys that are just really, really good offensive players. I think they're going to be really good. So those are all the teams that missed the playoffs in the East, but now we're getting into some play-in teams, the play-in tournament. So 10th last year were the Hornets, who they've got some good pieces. Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges. I mean, they were fun to watch last year. Could they take – that next step and get out of the play in this year, Hobilly. 
Well, I think they definitely can. It's just that there's so much competition in the East, especially, I mean, when you think about the artificial way that the Raptors got out of the playoffs, they are a playoff team. You know, the Bulls are probably going to be a playoff team, which means that even a team as good as the Hornets and even as young as they were and how you sh- you think that they should be progressing and getting better, it's going to be really difficult. The East is so much better than it was just a couple of years ago. But the, I think the big question is, I mean, if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, which he has had problems with ever since Boston, is LaMelo Ball going to do what most people think he's going to do, which is just go from a crazy good rookie to just one of the best players in the NBA. Supposedly he's been raining down threes in preseason. So, uh, you know, now they, they, they have a bunch of really good players on there. I think they're going to have a good year. It's just, it's going to be tough because of all the other good teams. And another team, I think it's going to be tough for the Pacers who finished in ninth. They get, they get a new head coach. They fired Nate Jorgen. They, hire Rick Carlisle from Dallas. They disappointed last year. They were predicted to be a playoff team, but they finished ninth and they lost the playing tournament. So do you think that Rick Carlisle, who had success with the Mavericks, won a championship with them? Do you think he can bring new life to a team that disappointed last season? I don't think he can do it this year. Too bad. I think eventually he's a really good hire for for them as a coach, but you know, they had some health problems last year, but they also just kind of have some lineup problems that they still have. I mean, w- when you have those two bigs in there that they do, when they're, when you're playing them both together, that it's just, it's tough. And I don't think they figured it out last year and they didn't really add anybody. It's going to be hard, I think, to see them competing with teams like Chicago to, to get into the, to even get into the play-in. And then, team that won in the play and they finished eighth in the east are the wizards and they made the playoffs they lost the first round though that is 76ers but they got rid of their coach scott brooks they hired west unself jr who is the son of wizards great or bullets i guess at the time west unselled and they made a big trade they got rid of Westbrook in the offseason they got montrez harrell kyle kuzma contavious caldwell pope spencer did when he came over from brooklyn i mean bradley beal's still there but we don't know if that's going to last so i don't know what are you thinking about the wizards this season i don't know it's it's hard for me to see them competing as well i think bradley beal is what he is which he's he's a great offensive player he's never going to be a really good defensive player at this point i don't think that's going to happen which i think kind of limits where they're going to go when he is by far their best player whereas last year you know you had you could kind of stagger him with westbrook i don't know who is going to do that for them this year when I look at that roster. There really isn't another big star on there that can help them. They got some nice pieces, like Kyle Kuzma's good, Spencer Dinwiddie is a good player, but I just think they're they're lacking star power to really do much in the East. So sad. A team that is not lacking star power, though, are the Boston Celtics. They've got uh, Jason Tatum, of course, on their team, but they kind of went through a change. They brought in a new head coach, their old head coach, Brad Stevens is now the president of the team. And of course they don't have Kemba Walker right now, but they finished in seventh, which is disappointing for the Celtics team. So what does Boston need to do to get into that top tier of the East? Well, I think they, I think Boston is right where you start to hit that line 
of teams that you can feel good about putting a bet on that they will make the playoffs. You know, I, I think it would be a real surprise if they didn't. I don't know how far they're going to get because I think they still – last year their problem really was depth. You know, you had these two just incredible players in Jalen Brown and Tatum. And then after that, you start to decline. And then three players after that, you get the players that shouldn't be playing in the NBA. And it made it really tough, especially once you get to the playoffs. But, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both really young. They both should be better. As, as sad as it is to say, because I love Kemba Walker, I think Dennis Schroeder is an improvement because I think Kemba was broken last year. And I it really just it, it hurt the Celtics so much because I think they really wanted him to work out so much. I mean, he was the antithesis of Kyrie Irving. You know, he was totally team oriented, the nicest guy in the world, super hardworking, and it just didn't work. I think that moving on from that should solidify them as probably a mid tier playoff team. So those are all the teams that were in the play in the four teams. Now let's get to the teams who. Did not have to go to the play into the playoffs. And sixth in the East were the Heat of Miami, but they got swept in the first round to the eventual champion, Milwaukee Bucks. So that's okay. But they brought in Kyle Lowry from Toronto. So that's kind of their new big three. They did lose Warren Dragic, though. So I don't know. What are you thinking here with Miami adding Lowry to Butler and Adebayo and all the pieces they have? I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat start off slow. You don't have a great regular season and get a lot further in the playoffs than people think. Okay. Yeah, especially like halfway through the season, people start to think maybe the Heat aren't that great. But I think that when Kyle Rowe, Kyle Lowry really finds he's such a smart basketball player, he will he will figure out exactly what he needs to do to help them. He's perfect for that quote heat culture mm-hmm. and he's so underrated i don't nobody takes as many charge fouls as kyle lowry he's so good defensively for somebody that size it's it's just incredible to watch him i don't i don't see the drop off coming for the other players you you got to imagine that they're probably generally going to be getting better so i think the heat are going to be a, a solid playoff contender Oh, I hope so. But a team that was a solid playoff competitor last year that we didn't think was going to be were the Hawks, who finished fifth. They fired their coach midway through the season. Nate McMillan becomes their interim head coach, and they totally turn it around. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they lose to the Bucks. They took a huge step last year. So what are they going to do this year to respond to that? And I forget, did McMillan win coach of the year? No, it was Thibodeau. It was Thibodeau. That's right. Yeah. Um, you said it was going to be McMillan, but I was like, no, nah, it's going to be. I said that it should be, and I was very right. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, he, I think he, we he, saw what happened in the playoffs. Yeah. When the Hawks went and owned Madison Square Garden. What? The Hawks are one of the reasons why the East is so good again, because that team is going to be great. Trey Young's only going to get better. They have cornered the market on big athletic wings that are good at basketball. They just, they have so many on that team and they just drafted another one that is going to be an absolute steal. But, you know, you start with guys that weren't even playing last year in the playoffs, like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. They weren't even playing in the playoffs. They are extremely valuable players in the modern NBA. You know, those, they're big, mm-hmm. athletic, defensive-minded wings that can hit the three. And now they added another one in Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson, they, who they got with a 20th overall pick, everybody hates him because he flaked out on Duke. 
You hate to see it. And that's that's what happened to him. He, he stopped playing. And so you have this guy that was like a top five recruit of with the, you know, aforementioned super talent at the at the front of this recruiting class. Jalen Johnson was in that group. He was supposed to be just fantastic. He goes to Duke. He does not fit in that well. And then he quits on him. And all of a sudden he falls all the way to 20th because of that. He was killing it in the summer league. He's just this big six foot eight guy that can just do everything on the court. You add him into that group that the Hawks have. I mean, you look at how deep they are. They've got like 12 guys that can play basketball on there. And some of the problems that they had last year, like they would have to put Lou Williams in for a while. Lou Williams can be a defensive liability. Instead, they get DeLon Wright in there who can do everything. And so you can really only spot Lou Williams in there when you can take care of the defensive problems. It's little things like that. I think they're going to help them a ton. They're going to be really tough. And the team they faced in the first round of the playoffs were the New York Knicks who finished above them in the Eastern Conference regular season in fourth. They did really well in the regular season. They didn't get it done in the playoffs though, but Tom Thibodeau was the head coach of the year, as we said. Is he finally building a winning culture in New York, Hillbilly? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I like the way that they're doing it because you know New York should attract big-time free agents by itself. It's yeah. just that they've been so bad for so long that it really hurts. But you know, as long as you can just get them to respectability and in the playoffs, you got to think that big free agents are eventually going to come. I don't think Thibodeau is ever going to win a championship. I mean, last year when we talked about it. Uh, what I said in one of our earlier podcasts is exactly what happened. He ran the team into the ground, which he always does. He plays his stars huge minutes. Everybody has to play super hard both ways. And it just grinds the players into the ground. And come the playoffs, they they could not stand up to Atlanta because they just didn't have a left in them. So I, you know, I I don't. I, I think that the Knicks are a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the play-in. True, true. And so now let's get into the top three in the East. I mean, these three were really interchangeable in the regular season. But third were the NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks, who, of course, you and I both picked <laughs> before the playoffs to win the finals. So, I mean, there you go. Another fact. What do the Bucks have to do this season to have a chance at repeating against the Nets and the Sixers and the Hawks and all them at the top of the East? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty easy. They just have to make sure that the other teams suffer the same number of injuries <laughs> that they did, and then they'll be right back in there. But I think that the Bucks are better than they were last year. I don't think they really had like, – P.J. Tucker is the name that people know that they lost. P.J. Tucker was – I don't know if he scored a single point in the last series. I mean, he, he was not scoring at all. Yeah. And, you know, they put him in for the defense. I, as I remember it, Kevin Durant absolutely shredded. And I know Kevin Durant is going to shred everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, if you've got the guy in there, he can't play offense, and all he's doing is playing defense, and he can't even really do that. I think that I'd rather have somebody like Rodney Hood, who they picked up. I think Grayson Allen's a good guard. I think Memphis just had – a surplus of good guards. That's why they let Grayson Allen go. So I, I think they're actually going to be a little bit better this year. And I think Giannis is just going to continue to improve. But, you know, they also, they're going to have that confidence confidence from winning a championship. I could see Chris Middleton really develop into a completely different level player now. 
you know, that he has that kind of confidence going. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly think at this point that the Bucks are going to repeat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we're going to, we're going to get to season predictions. So hold on. <laughs> but the Bucks, they don't have questions for one of their star players, like the top two teams in the East do, like the Nets, because we don't right. know what's going on with Kyrie right now because he won't get the vaccine. He's kind of being a little dumb, dumb about that. You dummy. So we don't know if he's going to be playing for half their games. So, I mean, we don't know what the deal with that is. But Brooklyn was second. The, I mean, they still got James Harden. They still got Kevin Durant. What do they need to do to win the East this year? I think if I, I think it's starting to really look like Kyrie Irving is not going to play or not going to get the vaccine at all. Yeah. And we'll only be able to play away games in some cities. Yeah, uh, like he's Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco. Like he's not going to be able to play in those games either. Yeah. <laughs> so if the NBA Finals was the Warriors versus the Nets, he's out completely. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so like, let's just assume that he, like, you ask me like what they need to do to win the East. They need Kyrie to get vaccinated, come in. They need to be healthy. They got better this year, too. Patty Mills is huge for them. Like, that's a great pickup. And Paul Millsap, I think, really helps with losing Jeff Green, which is, I think, the one that hurts the most that they lost from last year. They're going to actually be better this year if they can be healthy. So Kyrie needs to sign. If he doesn't, or it needs to get vaccinated, if he doesn't get vaccinated, they need to just trade him. They need to get him off the team. Yikes! Because there's no, there's no way that this works with him only playing half the games that that's gonna that's why i'm picking the bucks is because i don't think i think Kyrie is not gonna get vaccinated and i think that the team blows up because they've got this guy that's basically doing half the work mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be locker room poison i think yeah it's gonna be a big mess unless they get rid of him well he's gonna trade for him maybe the magic but i mean uh... Who wants that right now? I think you just, I think you have to bite the bullet and get 50 cents on the dollar for him. Just bring back another like good player, but not all-star level necessarily. And that would do more for them than the mess that Kyrie will bring this year. Mm -hmm. He may have gone off the deep end. This a little worse than flat earth theory, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But the Nets are dealing with issues with Kyrie, but the Sixers are dealing with issues with Ben Simmons because I I guess he took the vaccine, but he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia anymore. He wants to get traded. He's not showing up to preseason or training camp or whatever. So he's not with the team right now. They're trying to trade him. But as of now, he's still on the team. So how does that situation impact the potential for the 76ers this season, a team that finished first in the regular season in the East? My gut is that they're going to take it pretty significant decline here he is killing his trade value uh ben simmons says he's it's just depressing it more and more and more to the point where like they're not going to get a perennial all-star for him there's no way that happens now i mean they're going to have to get the kind of player that makes a couple all-stars during their career you know if and that's if they're lucky and i think the market's only going to get worse and, you know, I mean, with him, you had a really good defensive team that had a lot of offensive questions. Without him, you have all the offensive questions. You're just not that great of a defensive team anymore. And I don't, 
as, as much as I love Joel Embiid, he's definitely one of my favorite players. And I think he will be better this year. I think he's going to have to shoulder so much of the load that I would worry about him breaking down. I mean, if, if Joel Embiid were to ever figure out a way to fix his conditioning and his, his health, he would be the best player in the NBA other than Giannis. So, I mean, he's just so good at everything, but he just breaks down constantly. So we'll see what the 76ers, and we're going to get, that's the East, and we're going to get to our predictions at the end. All right, so that's the NBA. I've got some breaking news, though, Hillbilly. Hold on. Breaking news oh, no. right now. It's not NBA. It's NFL. John Gruden has resigned as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. Apparently, there were some more emails where he said some bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt on the, the Mitchell entire thing, but uh, it just seemed like a bunch of ball. <laughs> apparently, and, apparently that was not a one-off. He had more stuff. Yeah, so. and, and if that's if he was really making the stereotypical African American joke about lips, he is a he's a jack that needs to be just he needs to go away. I thought Urban Meyer would go first, but apparently John well, he's next. And and uh, now what I'm interested okay. in is this DEA investigation into the Washington football uh. teams trainers and if they were just running a pill mill out of that and i just kind of hope maybe this would be what it takes to get dan snyder to a forced sale yeah but now we're getting into nfl but i mean that's just their defense i don't know what the deal with that is this year but they were supposed to be so good and they're terrible they're one of the worst in the nfl yeah it's it's really really difficult to watch we could do a whole nfl podcast but that's what we've got this week NBA season preview. Hillbilly back with us. Hillbilly, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Sanders Facts. Sanders Facts Podcast. Welcome back. And thanks again to Hillbilly for coming on the podcast. And he's going to be back next week. We had a ton to talk about in the NBA. So we got stuff to talk about next week, too the Western Conference and our season predictions. But of course, at the end, we mentioned the NFL and yeah. While we were recording that on Monday night, it was during the Monday night football game, and while we were recording it, I got the notification that John Gruden was fired, so I had to get Hillbilly's reaction. So there you go. We'll talk about that more when we get into our football picks, but some updates for the NBA since we recorded that. The Nets, Kyrie Irving, of course, that big issue for the Nets. The Nets announced on Tuesday that Irving will not be able to practice with the team or play in any games until he receives the COVID vaccine, home and away games. So they put their foot down. What the heck does this mean? We'll see if Kyrie's stupid enough to say, oh my goodness. We'll see. And then for the 76ers, their star guard, Ben Simmons, has returned to Philadelphia and is expected to rejoin the Sixers. So we'll see if that means a trade is imminent or if he's actually going to join the team a week out from the season starting. So we'll see about that. That'd be that's some significant things happening right now at the top of the East. So that's the Eastern Conference in the NBA. And next week, of course, Western Conference and season predictions in the NBA. But let's get to our football picks. And we talked NFL at the end of that with Hillbilly. So let's start with the National Football League. Let's start on the field. We'll talk about the off the field issues. Let's start on the field because it was 
a Thursday night game that was consequential for the Seahawks. They lost the game to the Rams, and they lost their quarterback, Russell Wilson, after he suffered an injury to a finger on his throwing hand. So he may be out six to eight weeks, apparently. That's the timeline, which is not good for Seattle. And then on Sunday, in the first London game of the season, the Falcons were able to beat the Jets over across the pond in London. Terrible. And then on Sunday afternoon, the Packers were able to win in Cincinnati after there were a ton of missed field goals at the end of the game. But Green Bay won on a field goal in overtime. The Vikings also survived the Lions on a last-second field goal. The Eagles came back to beat the Panthers, and the Patriots got a close win over the Texans in Houston, while the Chargers were able to beat the Browns in a thrilling game in Los Angeles. There were also a couple easy wins for some teams, like New Orleans over the Washington football team, Dallas over the Giants. The Giants lost their quarterback and their star running back in that game. The Titans over the Jaguars, the Bucks over the Dolphins, and the Bears beat the Raiders. Plus, the Steelers were able to beat the Broncos despite losing wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster for the season. He's going to be busy on TikTok. Oops. And the Cardinals held on to beat the 49ers and remain perfect. And then on Sunday night, in a, the Sunday night game that featured an hour-long halftime due to lightning delay, didn't matter for the Bills because they dominated the Chiefs 38-20 to and they looked like one of the top teams in the league. They looked really good. And then Monday night, the Ravens had to come back. They scored 22 unanswered points at the end of the game to beat the Colts in overtime, 31-25. And last week on my picks, I went 12-4, which is pretty good. 75%. That's the Patriots, Vikings, Packers, Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens. Those were some good picks. Of course, I did pick the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Panthers, and the Washington football team, which I will... Ugh, we said that. They're terrible! It's all true! So that bumps the early record up to 54-26. and 26. That's 67.5% of games, right? So uh, that's pretty good. But that's on the field. Let's talk about what's going on off the field. First, the Jaguars. I think I talked about, I think I mentioned this last week. Their head coach, Urban Meyer, was caught on camera last week grinding up on some young ladies at a bar while his wife was at home watching their grandchildren. And his subsequent apologies have not made things much better And the reports are that his team does not respect him at all. So things could get ugly in Jacksonville. I thought, as I said, I thought um, he was going to be the first coach fired this season. Apparently not. It was John Gruden of the Raiders. That's the other story. He resigned on Monday night after the New York Times released additional emails that Gruden had sent dating back to 2010 and sooner while he was an ESPN analyst. In the emails, Gruden used homophobic and misogynistic terms towards the NFL commissioner, the director of the NFL Players Association, and Joe Biden at the time, who was vice president for some reason, I don't know why. And, well, because he's a Trumpy, which is terrible. And then... Disgusting! The messages were found by the NFL during an investigation into the Washington football team, which just makes this even greater. The emails were sent by Gruden to then-president of the Washington football team, or as they were known back then, a slur, Bruce Allen, who is a terrible man. And apparently there are over 650,000 emails 
that were involved in this investigation with the Washington football team. And the NFLPA, the Players Association, is calling on the league to release all these emails. And hopefully that's going to happen. Hopefully we're able to figure out any other people that have used this type of language that's unacceptable or anything that's gone bad, especially in the Washington football team organization, which has not been the cleanest, so to say. So clearly this means that there's going to be other findings in the investigation into the Washington football team that are going to be damning. And ones that could directly implicate their owner, Daniel Snyder, if, we might find that out, if the NFL doesn't collude or hide any of the findings, which they might. They might be trying to paint John Gruden as a scapegoat so that all the other people in the NFL who have used that language recently won't get caught. So we'll see. We need to fit we need to get these emails released or at least a finding of the report because I don't really trust the NFL in this situation. They're kind of bobos about that. So that's off the field stuff and we'll probably get into that later on as the season progresses, but let's go to my picks for this week. It's week 6 in the NFL and it's the first week of buys for some teams. So you might want to watch out for that if you are playing fantasy. So let's start week 6 with Thursday night football on Fox and NFL Network at 8.20 on Thursday. It's the Buccaneers heading to Philly to take on the Eagles, and the Eagles have an interesting offense this year, and they used it to come back and beat Carolina last week, but this week they face Tampa Bay on a short week, and if Philly can keep it together on offense, this could turn out to be a toss-up, but I'll bet the safe pick give the Buccaneers the win. And on Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on CBS, it's the only other London game of the year, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Ooh, a doozy. The Dolphins may have their quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, back, though, for this week. What do you say? So I will say that they keep the Jaguars winless. And how about this fact for London games? There has never been a London game where both teams have records above 500. How about that? And, of course, this is not one of those games. The Dolphins are 1-4, the Jags are 0-5. It's a fact. So, ugh, it's probably not going to be a good game. But turning to Sunday afternoon, the Packers head to Chicago to take on the Bears in a good game at 1 o'clock on Fox. And for the Bears, quarterback Justin Fields is showing a ton of promise right now, but they have to face Green Bay now. But it'll help that the game's in Chicago, but I'm still going to go with the Packers to win the game. The Bengals head to Detroit to take on the Lions at 1 o'clock on Fox. Cincinnati impressed by going toe-to-toe with Green Bay last week, and now they head to Detroit to face a winless Lions team. And the Lions have lost two of their games this season on 50-yard field goals. That is the first time in NFL history that that has happened to a single team. In fact, both of those games that they lost, both of those had scores that were 19-17. to That was a fact. That probably won't happen again, but... Detroit will lose to Cincinnati. The Texans take on the Cardinals at 1 o'clock on CBS. Both those teams are 1-4. and four. I didn't think the Colts were going to be this bad, so I will pick them to win against the Texans in Indianapolis. The Rams take on the Giants in the Meadowlands at 1 o'clock on Fox, and the Giants lost their quarterback Daniel Jones to a concussion and Saquon Barkley, their running back, to an ankle injury last week, despite the emergence of wide receiver Kadarius Toney. But I think the Rams are going to cruise in the Meadowlands next week. The Chiefs head east to take on the Washington football team at 1 o'clock on CBS. And the Washington football team's defense, as alluded to earlier, is an absolute joke. 
And quarterback Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs might be a little angry after getting picked off twice to Buffalo and losing to Buffalo. So I think the Chiefs are going to dominate that game unless Washington's defense can get it together. But I don't even know about Washington right now. I don't know why I'm a fan of that team. The Vikings take on the Panthers at 1 o'clock on Fox. The Vikings squeaked out a win against Detroit on the last second field goal we mentioned. While Carolina gave a game up against the Eagles last week. They were leading in that game. And I'm not too high on either team. But I will give Carolina the advantage at home. The Chargers take on the Ravens in probably the best 1 o'clock game. On CBS, both those teams are 4-1, and one, and the Chargers are showing resilience right now after they came back to beat the Browns in a great game last week. Baltimore had to rally to beat an indie team that's 1-4, and four, so I will take the Chargers in that game, even though they have to go to Baltimore, and it'll be 10 o'clock when that game starts on the West Coast. Stinger! Now let's go to the 4 o'clock games. The Cardinals head east to Cleveland to take on the Browns at 4.05 on Fox. And if we're being honest, this probably should have been the game of the week that was flexed to Sunday night. But it's the NFL's only remaining undefeated team heading to Cleveland for another tough test because they barely beat San Francisco last week. And I love Arizona, but winning in Cleveland, I think, is too tough a task right now for them. But if they can win, I will stop picking against them because I picked against them In the Rams game, they beat up the Rams. I don't know. I'll have no more doubts if they can win this game. But I will take the Browns, and that should be a great game. The Raiders head to Denver in an AFC West matchup to take on the Broncos at 425 on CBS. And the Raiders are in complete flux right now. They just lost their head coach. So I will take the Broncos to have the advantage and win the game in Denver. And the other 425 game, probably the game they're going to shove down our throats are the Cowboys and the Patriots at 425 on CBS. And the Cowboys seem for real right now, even though the only good team they face, they've lost to week one in the Buccaneers. And they get another easy matchup in the Patriots this week. Another underwhelming national game after Dallas and the Giants played last week on the national game for some reason. That game wasn't even close. Dallas should get an easy win over New England in Foxborough. Sunday night football is also going to be underwhelming. It's both the Seahawks and the Steelers. They are 2-3. and three. Both of those teams are at 8-20 on NBC Sunday night. Might be an ugly game. The Steelers are struggling this year. The Seahawks don't have their quarterback, Russell Wilson, even though Geno Smith was productive when he came in on Thursday night last week. I will go with Seattle to win that game in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's offense is kind of a mess right now. Ben Roethlisberger should not be the quarterback. I'll just say that. And then Monday night football, the Bills head to Tennessee to take on the Titans at 8-15 on ESPN. The Bills look like one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And they take their winning streak into Nashville, where I think they will continue to roll. The Bills will beat the Titans. And as I mentioned earlier, there are some teams on a bye week this week. The Falcons, who just played in London. The Saints, the Jets, who just played in London. And the 49ers. Deal with it! Those four teams do not play this week. So that is the NFL this week. Those are my picks. That's all the stuff that's happening on the field. That's all the bad stuff that's happening off the field. 
and we probably haven't heard the last of all the stuff that's happening off the field if this investigation in the Washington football team continues. We will see. But let's wrap up this podcast with college football because it wasn't the greatest week for me personally, but it was certainly better than last week. Plus, we got some amazing games. It was probably the best weekend we have had of college football so far this season. There were a couple of classics starting off in Texas in College Station. Alabama, who was the number one team in the country going into this game, trailed Texas A&M for most of that game, but it looked like they were going to win when they took the lead by seven points in the fourth quarter. But A&M tied it up, and then they got a field goal opportunity to win it. They got it! And they got the biggest upset of the year so far. It was the first time that a former assistant under Nick Saban was able to beat his former boss. That's Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher. Texas A&M won the game. That was a great game. There was a top five matchup to Penn State and Iowa. They fought until the end. Iowa was down 14 points at one point, but they came back to win 23-20. to But Penn State lost their starting quarterback, Sean Clifford, in the first half due to an injury. And that did help the Hawkeyes come back. But Iowa moved up in the polls after they beat a top five Penn State team. And the final classic of the week was also in Texas. An absolute thriller. Probably one of the greatest college football games I think I've ever watched. Because I basically sat down at noon, watched it until 4 o'clock or whatever it ended. Oklahoma and Texas were facing off in another edition of the Red River Showdown at the Texas State Fair at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. And it was all Texas early, of course. If you remember last week's podcast, I picked Texas to win. I was rolling. I was like, Texas is rolling. They scored two touchdowns in the first two minutes of the game. They led 38 to 20 at the half. They were up 21 points at one point. But Oklahoma wasn't doing too well on offense. So they benched their quarterback, Spencer Rattler, who was a preseason Heisman favorite, might be in the transfer portal pretty soon. They brought in freshman quarterback Caleb Williams for the second half, and he provided an instant spark. The Sooners tied it up at 41, then they took the lead, then Texas tied him at 48 with 123 left in the fourth quarter, which gave the Sooners the ball back, and it looked like they were just going to settle for a field goal try to win the game, but their running back Kennedy Brooks broke off a 33-yard run to give Oklahoma the win. With three seconds left, it was an amazing football game and the highest scoring matchup in the history of the Oklahoma-Texas rivalry. It was a great fat game. And elsewhere around college football, Michigan was able to hold on against Nebraska. Boise State was able to upset BYU as someone on this podcast told you it was going to happen. Ole Miss and Arkansas produced another thrilling game. Arkansas was down seven and scored a touchdown with zero seconds left on the clock, but they went for two, and they didn't get it. So Ole Miss won the game, 52-51. to How about that? Wake Forest survived Syracuse in overtime. Georgia and Kentucky both rolled in SEC play, and Notre Dame used the last-minute field goal to beat Virginia Tech. We'll talk about that in a second. But last week, Xander went 14-4. and On his picks, that's pretty good. Georgia, Iowa, Michigan, Boise State, Ole Miss, Wake Forest, Kentucky. Those were some good picks. Of course, I did pick Alabama. I did pick Texas. I picked Rutgers to beat Michigan State for some reason. And of course, I picked Virginia Tech. I don't know why I did that. But that's 77.77% of games 
this week that I got right. That bumps up the early record to 90 and 32 with a 73.8% winning percentage. That's better than the pros. So that was week six. Now let's go over to week seven in college football. Let's start with the number one team in the country, the new number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, who welcome an undefeated Kentucky team to Athens in the game of the week and the site of this week's college game day. That game is 3.30 on CBS. I really cannot see Georgia losing at home this year, though they are a great team. I think they'll actually win relatively easily over Kentucky. Purdue heads to Iowa to take on the number two ranked Iowa Hawkeyes at 3.30 on ABC. The Hawkeyes came back to beat Penn State and now host Purdue. Iowa might be the best Big Ten squad this year, though, so I think they'll beat Purdue. Cincinnati moves up to third in the poll. They take on UCF at home at noon on ABC. And normally this would be a top matchup in the American Conference, but UCF has not done that well this year, so Cincinnati is going to keep on rolling towards a playoff berth. We'll see. TCU takes on number four, Oklahoma, at 7.30 on ABC, and the Oklahoma offense was reinvigorated last week when freshman quarterback Caleb Williams came on in the second half. That gives me more hope for the Sooners this year because they haven't looked that great so far, but they're undefeated, and they should beat TCU at home. Alabama, after the loss, drops down to fifth in the poll. They take on Mississippi State in Stark Vegas at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Alabama just did not play Alabama football last week. How about that? And they got shocked by Texas A&M. And this week, they try to rebound against Mike Leach's Mississippi State team. But something you never want to do is play against a Nick Saban coach team the week after they lose. Alabama will win big. I don't know. And how about this? The next three teams in the poll all take bye weeks. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are all on byes this week. Quit whining. Ninth in the country is Oregon, who take on Cal in Eugene on Friday at 1030 on ESPN. Oregon returns to the field after taking a bye week against a struggling Cal squad that they should easily beat, but it's Pac-12 after dark. Friday, 1030 ESPN. Anything can happen but Oregon's going to win. Michigan State moves up to 10th, and they keep defying my picks. I keep picking them to lose. They keep winning. They take on Indiana at noon on FS1 in Bloomington, but I will take Michigan State to beat an underwhelming Indiana team this year. Oklahoma State takes on Texas in a top 25 matchup at noon on Fox. Oklahoma State's 12th, and they're undefeated. Texas drops down to 25th. And Texas, they did look really solid last week, but they just couldn't hold Oklahoma's offense in the second half. They face an Oklahoma State team that is not as talented as Oklahoma this week, and they face them at home. So I will take Texas to win that game. Top 25 matchup. How about that? It's the truth. Ole Miss is 13th after the big win against Arkansas. They take on Tennessee, a Tennessee team that is surging in Knoxville at 730 on SEC Network. Tennessee is rolling thanks to former Virginia Tech quarterback Hendon Hooker. This is going to be a sneaky good game, but I think Ole Miss survives in Knoxville. And Notre Dame is still 14th after they beat Virginia Tech last week. They take a bye week this week. Of course, the Hokies are not ranked, but I do have to say they are terrible and they need to do something. Because, like, coaching-wise, I will say that. I'm not going to go out and bluntly say it. But they need to make some changes, okay? Because it's been six years and they suck. I'll just say that. You hate to see it. 
Coastal Carolina also takes a bye week after beating Arkansas State. Coastal Carolina is 15. Wake Forest takes a bye week. They are 16. Arkansas drops down to 17. They play Auburn in Arkansas at noon on CBS. And they Arkansas held toe-to-toe, literally, with Ole Miss last week. And they face an Auburn team that just got wild by Georgia. I'll take Arkansas. Woo, pig suey! Huh. Arkansas is going to win the game. Arizona State is 18th. They take on Utah at 10 o'clock on ESPN in the state of Utah. Arizona State's been up and down this year, but they're 5-1. and one. They're 18th in the country, and they face a relatively solid Utah team, but they're down this season. But I'll pick the Utes to win Pac-12 after dark. Utah's going to win the game. BYU drops down to 19 after they got upset by Boise State at home. As Xander predicted, you should have laid the money. Baylor is the team they take on in Waco at 3.30 on ESPN. Baylor is 5-1. and one. They're solid. So solid, in fact, that I'm going to pick the Bears to beat the Cougars. BYU's going to lose their second straight. Baylor's going to win and probably jump back into the poll. Florida is 20th. They take on LSU at noon on ESPN, and LSU does not look with it this year. And Orgeron, sorry, you might go away. They host Florida this week a game in which the Gators are going to win. Texas A&M is back at the poll at 21. They head to Columbia, Missouri to take on Mizzou at noon on the SEC Network. A&M had the largest upset of the year after their Alabama win, and this week they head to Missouri. And the Aggies are going to be riding high, and they're probably spending all week celebrating, which is going to set up the perfect upset bid for Missouri. The Tigers of Missouri are going to win the game. NC State is 22nd. They head up north to Boston College at 7.30 on the ACC Network. NC State has the big win over Clemson this year, but this week they head north to take on Boston College, who is a tough team, and I think the Eagles of Boston College will beat the Wolfpack of NC State in the ACC. That's like the only ACC game in the top 25 this week, which is just so sad. How'd that go? SMU is 23rd. They take a bye week. They're still undefeated at 6-0. And finally, San Diego State is 5-0. They're 24th. They take on a 3-3 San Jose State team on Friday at 10.30 on CBS Sports Network. In the Mountain West, San Diego State should be able to defeat San Jose State easily. So that's college football. Those are my picks this week. That's NFL. Those are my picks. And we talked with Hillbilly for the NBA's Eastern Conference. So that's all we've got for you this week. On the Xander's Facts Podcast, thank you all for listening. Next week is episode 38. And as I said, we've got part two of our NBA season preview. And we've actually got the next couple weeks planned out. So here's this. The next week, episode 39, which is our last October podcast, I believe. How about that? We will talk politics. Specifically, Virginia, the governor's race, is coming up. You can vote right now. If you live in Virginia and you're not voting right now, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to go vote. Hold on a second. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Terry McCall. We're going to talk about Glenjamin Youngkin. That's not his name. And then the next week, we're going to get back to sports and our college basketball season preview because college basketball is always there and that's going to be fun. Talk about that. That might be a two-parter too because we've got a ton of stuff to talk about in college basketball. That's episode 40 in November. So that's a little foreshadowing there. But Next week is episode 38. We've got our NBA season preview. So thank you all for listening to Zayder's Facts Podcast. And remember, if you liked all the facts we just presented on this podcast, if you want to support the facts, remember, click that follow button, download, rate, review the podcast, 
Go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, tell all your friends, Xander's Facts Podcast, spread the facts if you want to know what's happening in the NBA this year. Xander's Facts Podcast and football, because I got my picks. Also, check out the link tree. That's got all the links you need for Xander's Facts Podcast. The link tree, click it. If you don't, I will know, and I will come to your house, and I will do terrible things to you. That's not a threat. That's it. That's a wrap on episode 37 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next week.